enter if you dare this ghastly conversation of teens fraught with despair and recent lacerations. Final girl, chase after her, don't let her get away. But first, the slumber podcast massacre. Welcome to Slumber Podcast Massacre with TNA. That's Tim. That's Andy. And this is a podcast about (laughs) horror. Every week, Tim and I get together. We talk about a different film from the horror genre, from your well-known classic down to that rare gem calling someone a blood fart at the back of your (laughs) video store shelf. This week, as we continue our brand new miniseries for the month of September, Elijah, would you please come on our podcast from 1998? It's the faculty. Tim, who was your favorite teacher in high school? In high school? Oh, well, that would be a, uh, a class that I took twice, partly because I enjoyed it, partly because I failed it the first time. <laughs> but I did take Earth Space Science twice. Okay. Because I didn't feel like I had the mental capacity for something like chemistry. So right. if you're not going to take chemistry, you take Earth yeah, Space I'm going to be science. honest. That's rough if you failed that. That's the, the like, <laughs> right. yeah. all, you know, like the encompassing one. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We studied rocks. Hey, I had to take biology in summer school because I failed it. So I'm not, no judgment. No judgment. Well, yeah. And it's, and I was happy to take it twice because the second time around, I was like, at least for like the first couple of weeks of the class, I was, was like a genius because I had done it before. Right. So that felt good. But no, the teacher, uh, her name, yeah, I want to go ahead and say her name. Her name is, uh, was Mrs. Newlip. And she was a wonderful mix of being extremely smart, extremely intelligent. She wasn't like a goof around, fuck off teacher because she wasn't really that smart and made up for it with personality. She was both. She had an incredible intelligence, an incredible knowledge of the things that we were studying, but she also had an extremely rebellious spirit. Uh, it was popular knowledge that she would play, you know, games of laser tag with another science teacher in the hallways, running around shooting each other. And uh, before that would maybe be seen as bad taste, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> they don't do that anymore, but. Um, so there was that. There was also a particular earthquake that was predicted to happen. Um, and it, I think it was one of those ancient predictions. Yeah. And we were studying like, uh, you know, uh, earthquakes. Oh, yeah. And- we were supposed to get a huge one yes. in the region. I do remember that. Yeah, right. So now my class with her that day was early in the morning. So it wasn't at the time that the earthquake was going to happen, but we still wanted to have fun with it. So she clicked on that little button that like calls the office, the main office of the high school. And she had us all prepared. We were all standing up. We already had our tables and chairs lifted off the ground. And then she just screamed for shock. And then we started slamming our tables and screaming at the top of our lungs. And, um, the principal came down and absolutely almost yanked, physically yanked her out of the classroom, and we could hear him just screaming at her in the hallways. <laughs> Funny thing is, she continued to do it throughout the day. Like, <laughs> every time that she had a class, she kept doing it. I don't know how she didn't get fired, but she was, she was amazing. She was also somebody who, if, um, 
if you could argue the logic for whatever question that you answered wrong, but you could argue your path of thought to get there. Right. And that if it made some sort of sense based on what you had been learning, she'd give you half credit for it. Oh. Um, yeah, I never she, had a class with her, but damn, now I'm really regretting it because I could have talked my way into a decent grade. <laughs> yeah, you really did miss out because especially like I don't think it ever came to fruition, but. Because of she kind of allowed for me to banter in class because she knew that I was a good kid, but that I was restless and liked to joke around and stuff. So rather than like shunning that and, and chastising me for it, she would use it. And it was part of the enthusiasm of, of the classroom setting. And at the end of uh, that second time around, she was really interested in putting together like um, kind of like a uh, I guess you would call like a computer teaching program. That would be sort of knowledge and comedy based. This yeah. is like before podcasts, before, um, you know, much of anything on the Internet. We're talking about like the early 90s. Um, but, yeah, she was like so motivated by her students humor and the way that they incorporated humor with the the uh, the subject that she actually wanted to, like, devise a, a class out of it. Yeah. And which I thought was fucking great. She ruled. Yeah. So she was, an, and I've I've been blessed to have several great teachers, but as far as high school goes, she was fantastic. Yeah. How about you? I like John Pinkerton. He was probably oh, my favorite. That, that would have, that was my second choice. <laughs> I'm glad you picked him. Only, you know, due to his uh, cantankerous style. But he was also a very good teacher. He was a really good teacher. Yeah. I loved him. He, uh, it was always a blessing in classes if probably for the teachers and for for the students like myself if they if the teachers knew that you were in theater and that you were a performer they would feel a little bit more uh comfortable with like calling on you to participate in class because yeah. they knew that you were comfortable with that and he certainly used that with me like uh we were reading the beginning of cut it might have been the very first day and um we were reading the beginning of is it Moby Dick that is the one that talks about like uh um the master it's not master Bader but it's right. like oh there's some kind of double entendre there uh, uh oh it's just something swallow like th there's like oral sex double entendre like throughout no, I never read Moby Dick but he kind of I don't know if it was that or if it was something else but he called me up in front of the class well no actually he called on me to read so I started reading and I was reading kind of emphatically and then um, he, I think he called on me a second time and like almost like, cause he was supposed to be going around the class, right? But he called on me and I, Glayson, just get up here and do it pretty much. Yes. So then he <laughs> called me literally, he called me to the front of the class and then he and I proceeded to read every paragraph and just, we were just trading accents, like yeah. dueling accents back and forth. <sighs> and it was just such a moment, like so great. He ruled. Yeah. Yeah, I feel I right. saw him speak at and now it's weird. Like, I feel like it was at my graduation because his daughter was in my class. But I'm like, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't at my graduation. But because I also played in the band at other graduations. So but I heard him at a graduation and it was such an awesome speech. I don't remember anything specific about it. Just like how how reaffirmed how much he ruled. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, the you kind of mentioned the cantankerous nature of him though that's what was made him sort of um i don't know it was <clears throat> he had those two sides to where he could be super funny and you knew that he was super funny but you also didn't fuck around in his class yeah yeah i mean he you was, had to you had to earn the fuck around time <laughs> that's true 
That's true. Yeah. And um, yeah, but I mean, like, even if you, even if he had accepted you into that fold, but you showed up late for class, like he'd still rip your ass. Right. Like, I mean, nobody was above the basic rules. Yeah. So, um, but you know what though, what he really encapsulated was, and, and it's gotta be a very special thing to do this. <clears throat> Excuse me. The teachers that automatically command respect, maybe it's from students sort of hearing from older students that they're cool teachers or whatever, but there's something about their presence. There's something about their delivery that even the fuck around kids don't fuck around in that class. Right. Cause they respect him. Cause they think that like, this guy's pretty cool. Yeah. And he had that. Yeah. Yeah. He'll let me fuck around if I don't fuck around. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Teacher. Well, cool. I'm glad we spent so much time on very specific <laughs> people. <laughs> Let's talk about other teachers. Yeah. Uh, generally known as the faculty. Yeah. <laughs> Which is our movie this week. Okay, so this was written by... This is crazy. Like, just revisiting this, the names that are associated with this, I kind of forgot. If I if I just thought about each of these slots individually, I would have been like, oh, yeah, yeah, that was that person. But then now seeing it all together as one project, you're just like, what a, what a 90s package this movie is. Yeah. It's so crazy. Okay, so it's written by Kevin Williamson, who wrote Scream. Hot hot at the time directed by robert rodriguez who was hot at the time just coming off what was the sequel to el mariachi desperado is that what it was mm-hmm. called yeah okay, yeah um and, and then we're starring elijah wood josh hartnett clea duvall and everyone else everyone else <laughs> Movie had a budget of fifteen million. Box office is sixty three. Let's do Nan some, and then we'll spoil it. The faculty at Harrington High School is acting weird. The coach doesn't seem as mad anymore. The English teacher seems way more confident, and everyone is so thirsty. <laughs> but when a group of students realize that an alien parasite is taking over their school, they must act together to find the queen and stop the invasion before it's too late. The faculty. It's a pretty paint by numbers story. It is. Um, and a little bit of paint by numbers for Hollywood. And it, it's another illustration of the fact that, you know, pardon my crassness, but Hollywood is full of pussies. <laughs> and that's how it goes, because I swear to God, that industry cannot do one thing unless they somehow see evidence that what they're thinking about doing can be profitable. Yeah. So there well, are it is all, a business. That's true. And it is investment. So, I mean, it, there's a lot of money at stake. But so. yes, the larger studios, huge pussies. Right. And uh, so what happened there was this script was already written and it was written. You just want to get that cough out. So you don't have, yeah. or not. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Hmm. It'll be back. Uh, but yeah, they uh, the first draft written all the way back in 1990. And I, I cannot wait to talk about time and chronology and uh, the period of time, because it's this movie is like a it's like a bookmark for me uh, for a very, very specific time. But for this movie script written all the way back in 1990 and it does nothing. And then it was only because of the popularity of Scream Mm -hmm. that then Miramax says like, oh, so 
uh, kind of a light horror movie having to do with kids having to, you know, solve a, a problem or, you know, band together to, to fight some form of evil is doing well. So let's snatch up a script that has to do with that. So they did. But they took that script and they gave it to Kevin Williamson, who, like you said, was super hot off of off of Scream. Yeah. And so they're like, OK, punch this up. Give us some new characters. Now, I'll tell you what, though. I've got some real problems with the script. Dude, it's it was so glaring to me, like listening to it. I'm like, wow, like this guy, because because he kind of um, no one was writing like that. This like wit, witty teen banter. Yeah. Like, well, except for Joss Whedon. Yeah. And dumb shit like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure. Joss Whedon. Uh, we'll talk about that, too. Uh, but he was still coming up. He's working on television and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, just like hearing everyone talk and how forced it feels oh. now like so forced like w- weren't you we've sitting gone there? you know uh, we've gone five minutes without a uh, hilarious comeback or nickname or burn or you're right and i i you must have been having the same thought that i did because i'm sitting there and i'm like not to say that like uh you know uh scream is like the best script ever written but to think about the level of, you know, just quality, overall quality and and uh, professionalism of this versus Scream, I would have never guessed that the same person wrote it, right. ever. And uh, because this one has, has several problems. Now, don't get me wrong. I would have, if you also know that, because didn't he also write, I know what you did last summer? Did he? Did he write that? He might have. I'm going to look it up while you talk. What I can tell you is, he did write uh, the line of somebody being called a blow dick in this movie, which <laughs> I blow let me, dick. Let me get that right. It's limp ass blow dicks. Yeah, you, he did. He wrote, I know what you did last summer. So knowing that movie, too, yeah. like that's a perfect de-escalation bridge into this movie. <laughs> right, right. And what the problem was here is that it's not just the sort of like really amateurish sophomoric writing that it doesn't have half of the wit of like a Joss Whedon. And I'll get to the Buffy comparisons later, but um, it's not only that, it's that uh, the characters themselves, I I don't think are overtly interesting. They're very paint by numbers. And I'll tell you what, I've almost never seen a movie that's as lucky to have the actors that it did oh, yeah. in those characters, because if it had just been left up to the character itself, there's nothing there. Yeah. But because you had interesting actors and not all of them, we're going to talk about one choice. There was just one fucking guy in this that I'm like, I don't see it. I just don't see it. Um, don't worry. It's not Josh Hartnett. Uh, <laughs> it, no, it's it the may- football player. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So but I, I, I just to kind of sum up the, the discussion of, of the script itself. I think that, like we've talked about a lot of times, it's also not the most original story, but at least you have an interesting story. I do love a good ragtag bunch of people that are mismatched with each other. We always sure. love that. So um, it kind of pulls you in, but it it did honestly feel like the interactions of basic dialogue 101 didn't feel natural in the slightest. Like no fucking high schooler is going to say this to another one. Right. Yeah. Like it's just guaranteed to get you jacked. Right. I would be like, oh no, I'll pass. Never mind. Yeah. 
I feel like you don't know what you're doing yeah. just by like, saying that phrase. Yeah, you just said the second half of that phrase to my back because I already started turning and walking away. Um, but no, it's 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 not, and not only that, but like it's not. Did only, you have to snort that whole pen full? Which That's so much. Listen, I don't know a lot about inhaling things in your nose, but that seems hmm. like an excessive amount. It is. <laughs> I. Oh, I I would guess that it is a lot. I guess it's <laughs> okay. a lot. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no. But um, but the thing is, it's it's not only that. But what I found myself saying is that it's not the words themselves. It's some of the interactions. Like there is a sort of like little back and forth, like uh, kind of put down volley that happens between two of the characters here. That I'm like, where the fuck did this come from? Like, why would this girl even go up to this girl to start shit with her? Right. It just would never happen. So I, yeah, there were some issues there, but it, which is probably going to be a theme throughout our discussion of this. This is a movie to be taken one way and one way only, and that is just pure entertainment. Yeah, if you just want a hangover movie, I still loved watching this movie i do as I much do. as i was able to recognize the flaws or be like oh this is the the thing scene oh yeah. this is uh this part's right out of terminator oh you know this is that scene that he's you know taken yeah. from some other movie oh it's the breakfast club you know any any i can just see all of that right. watching it now I still had a blast. <laughs> well, <I t> <laughs> it was great. Like my whole family watched it with me. We had so much fun watching it. It's just like a fun, yeah, like a good time with my family, which we never do watching a movie. Yes, and and it it is it serves itself up for that. Um, here's what I we're, we're going to talk a little bit about the, the pop culture thing, thing now. Here's what's exciting to me because I love pop culture. I love sort of um, trying to find those spaces in time where there are those uh, notable cultural shifts from one generation to the next. And this movie is goddamn glaring to me because it is, it hops just from the opening music. You're just yes. Like, oh my God. Yes. It, it, it is because you and I are very, uh, very clearly generation X. Yeah. So, and generation X, let's just face it. Um, Almost maybe second to like the 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 60s generation. I'm not that not to say that there weren't things happening in the 70s, but as far as like a real definitive movement, like the 90s really came hard with the grunge and everything. Yeah. I mean, that was that there was fashion associated. We with had it. culture. Yes, we brought cult. We changed culture. Yes, that was my big issue. Like music from, and I don't know if it's 9/11's fault or not. We just celebrated Patriots Day. I don't know if it's not if it was because of 9-11, but man, the aughts were like a culture vacuum in this country, man. Oh, now, see, <laughs> I, I will contradict you a little bit there. For me, for as far as anything new, new, you're you're right. But there was a resurgence of all that music that I it was what was called the post-punk revival. Okay. So that's where the stroke started in 2000. Um, Interpol. Oh, that's yeah, true. Yeah, yes. Um, all the uh, block party. Like there was that like resurgence of sort of cool. Yeah. But there was nothing new though. No, that not, was just nostalgia. Right. No, you're right. You're right. The, but but here's what I will say. Just kind of getting to the Which point that we doubled down on in the tens. Like <laughs> holy shit, everyone loves nostalgia. Right. But it was it was 
the beginning of, of something new. And I, and I appreciated that because here's the thing. If there's one thing I can't stand, even if what your generation comes up with isn't that great, as long as it's different, that I can appreciate. So for people that are like, the best music was made in the late 60s, and I'm going to listen to the, you know, Doobie Brothers till I die. Like, there's music never going to get better than this. Like, if if that's your mindset, then you're you're just going to miss out on so much in life. Yeah. And so, like, that's why, you know, I grew up with my dad was a hardcore Beatles fan, but he also went on to like Black Sabbath. He went on to like Nirvana. Like, he never gave up. Yeah. So what's happening here in 1998 is what we would... I would call probably the beginnings of the emergence of what would be the first wave of millennials. So this is where you have like the beginning of the emo scene. You have like pop punk kind of coming to the forefront. Um, You have uh, that just kind of like scene kids. This is where grunge is now dying out and it's turning around in favor for like more like upbeat pop punk, clear vocals instead of muddled lyrics. Yeah, and um, more commercial, right? And uh, yeah, ninety eight. That would have been like the first year a millennial was in high school, right? Exactly. Yeah. So that's when you're getting now. Now there was a lot of music at that time that I can't stand, but there were also, I mean, there was a like one of my favorite bands of all time is a band called At the Drive In, and they were they were part of that. And That's I, one of your favorite bands I of all time. I love them. I love man, them to death. It amazes me our difference in music <laughs> taste, man. <laughs> I love them. So, um, but I mean, I was ten years older than what should have been a fan base that appreciated that, but I I liked it and I was willing to say like, hey, I like that just because yeah. I'm older than that. But this is where you get now. There's a few missteps here because this culture, for better or for worse, ended up getting more evolved after '98. But you see the beginnings of it in Josh Hartnett's hair. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> trying to do what's called that bladed look, where like it's kind of like uh, almost like anime style hair, yeah, uh, where it's like choppy and you know just like these blades of hair hanging down. The kid just your bo- grandpa would say, "Who would you use a weed whacker on that?" <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, so he essentially did not have that hair. Standard grandpa. They did. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Um, but yeah, at least you didn't do the like, uh, like sort of the Brooklyn classic Jew, the voice, the, 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 that one. What is that? The That's someone else's grandpa. Though. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but, uh, but Josh Hartnett did not have that hair, but by God, they tried to make it that way. He had a Caesar cut, but they just like tried to put a bunch of gel in the back and spike it out in the back and yeah. sides. Like it was right before really kids weird. really started the shag thing. How do you get that to do that? Well, it's through like like would a normal high schooler be able to have his hair do that, or do you need a hair team to get your hair? Because it was not a lot. <laughs> it was a weird. Well, no, I guess it was kind of winged out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, but I, I like talking about Josh Hartnett though because there's an enigma in this business. I yeah. mean. That guy was like the closest thing that we could get to like a Jake Ryan from Sixteen Candles. Like he Dude, was, when that when that movie uh, when he did that movie Forty Days and Forty Nights. Yeah. When I saw the trailer for that, I'm like, that's gonna be his risky business. Yeah. Like he's gonna explode after that movie. And and uh, could guess what didn't happen? <laughs> well, Quite the opposite happened. It's well, like you never heard from him again. This is what happens when you turn down Batman. Oh, did he turn down Batman? Yeah. yeah, he turned down Batman. He turned down. He had all that shit handed to him, and um, he turned it down, which if you've seen the recent Val Kilmer uh, documentary, maybe turning down Batman isn't the worst idea in the world because apparently it is a 
waking fucking nightmare to wear that bat suit. Oh, I bet. Um, Especially but, uh, that Schumacher suit. Right. Yeah. You know what's so sad about it? He said, Val Kilmer said that it is so heavy, it's so hot, even though you see him moving in like the, the movie itself, like it shows backstage footage. When you stand up, there has to be like three people like helping you stand up and then helping Batman sit down in the chair again. It looks so sad and you can't hear anything in it. So he said pretty soon because you can't hear in the mask, people just stop talking to you because oh, they just know that you can't. It's like this. God, that's thing. awful. So it's just like when you're Batman, you just sit there and nobody talks to you. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad yeah like the guy That's like the character wasn't acting though I mean. like it wasn't sympathetic enough already but um so so yeah uh where was i uh the millennials yeah the millennials. so josh hartnett yeah um but i mean he's got that sort of lower timber to his voice um you know he's good looking he's uh you know, I mean, my God, they're trying to practically make the dude the Fonz. Like, every hand gesture, like, everything right. he does. Like, he can't do anything and not have it be cool. Like, yeah. if I can't just hold out my car keys. I have to, like, a magic trick. Just, like, boom, there they are. <laughs> right. Like, hanging out. Um, but that's oh, cool. God, good point. <laughs> and he's kind of, but, I mean, he is sexy in it, you know? And, I mean, he's he's cool. Like, you get that he is the cool guy. He's got that great 1970 GTO. It's just badass. But I liked that casting. But like you said, and guessed properly, did not care for the casting of Stan the Jock. Yeah. I just didn't see it. Did you? Do you see uh, that kid? It's Sean Hatosi. I um, mean, maybe there. You just pulled up a recent picture. I'm like, okay, maybe there. Yeah, he looks really good there. Uh, yeah, he's a little older there. And it's like, yeah, like I, you can see it like there's, there's a good-looking kid there. Yeah. But I don't know. Star quarterback. I don't know. Also, yeah, I don't know. He's just not very compelling, especially compared. And maybe that's the thing. The rest of the cast is so, I think, so well cast. They used a lot of uh, good actors at the time. A lot of people doing their first shit that you couldn't like. Uh, uh, what's her name? Um, it was yeah. her first movie. Uh, Jordana Brewster. This is her first movie. And this was, and she only got the part because Charisma Carpenter from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, who the role was written for, turned it down. She was supposed to be in it. Yeah, that was written for her. She's the only she thing I like about Buffy. She said uh, that it was too close to um, her character. Sure. So, all right, that's fair. But I like the, I do like that actress though that ends up playing her. Yeah, she was good. Elijah Wood uh, is great in it. It's yeah. so crazy now too watching this because this is. I think he like essentially while he's doing this movie gets cast in Lord of the Rings or maybe it's a year later or something like that. Um, but, you know, here he's like the nerdy dude. He looks so like small next to Josh Hartnett. Like yeah. he's so giant. Uh, and it's just like, oh, there's Elijah Wood, the forever supporting man. You know, like <laughs> he's kind of grown out of the he's not a kid anymore. He's just kind of a little nerdy guy now. Will, will he ever? Will well, just he ever a, lead a movie? Just, just imagine this. He was probably just even in like his presence, dwarfed by like Usher's presence on set. Probably yeah, like how big was Usher at that point? I, I mean, I think he had he had quite a few singles at that point. Yeah, I mean, he was Usher. Yeah, Usher but, is in this movie. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Of all the people that you would pick, like okay, who's going to go on to be in one of the like largest grossing franchises of all time? that kid <laughs> right um yeah you'd never guess 
So yeah, I did not care for the the casting of Stan. He just he was too small framed. He wasn't overly compelling on screen. Yeah, he, he gets seems better kind of dopey. Like his yeah. face is like a Alfred e. Newmany kind it, it of. Really, yeah. He's a handsome Alfred e. Newman. Yeah, he's like the best looking son that Ron Howard could have. <laughs> basically, is my what God. is what he is. I've never heard a more apt description <laughs> in my life. Yeah, that's pretty much Holy it. cow. Yeah, yeah you're right. So there's that. But um, but you're right. The rest of the cast. Oh my God! You want to talk about crushes? Yeah, the Clea, and you you could spot that from me from a million miles away. Um, yeah. playing what is it? Stokely. 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 Okay, so there was a there actually was a girl who I knew in real life um, a couple years before that who had red hair and it was parted down the middle and she was kind of goth and I had such a thing for her and so when I see this girl. Um, I just loved her style. Yeah, but it this might have been her first movie too. I think it was, and she didn't go on to do a whole hell of a lot, unless I'm. She like does more behind the camera stuff now. Really, I think. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think she might be a director. I thought she had such a pretty face, such a cool style, and um, you know, she does a great job in this movie of playing the sort oh, yeah. of. Yeah, she was in Veep. Oh my God, that's right. She was like, okay. I do remember her in Veep now. Did you? You probably never saw. Veep. No, she's good. She plays like a Secret Service agent. Oh, okay. So very, just very. She'd be good at that. Yeah. No, she's yeah, she's beautiful, but um, you know, they downplay it with the whole goth thing, um, which isn't really downplaying for me. I I like that, but uh, but she, the one thing that she does really well with the part is that it would be really simple when you're playing somebody who is antisocial. It'd be very, very, very easy to take one half step into unlikable on screen. Yeah. But she isn't. You're cheering for her the whole fucking time. Like you really, I mean, unless it's just me. Didn't you like her? The oh, whole yeah. Time? I liked yeah. her a lot. Yeah. 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 She had a, a very hot, like two, three years. She's in this. Uh, she's all that, maybe. Can't hardly wait. You plug in teen title here, you yeah. know, and she you know, probably had something to do with it. Uh, oh, yeah. She was in that But I'm a Cheerleader movie with uh, Natasha Leone. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, she did some. She, like, did all her projects are. Yeah, she's all that. She's in She's All That. All her projects. She didn't do a lot of movies. She's been in, like, eight movies. But they're all these, like, important-ish movies. Girl Interrupted. Uh, oh yeah zodiac argo she makes good choices yeah Yeah. she makes good choices the grudge Um, all right fine but yeah (laughs) now but i wanted one one bit of casting in there and there is i mean we could we're gonna almost have to cap it off at some point because what i mean where do you stop fucking piper laurie is in it if you remember as carrie's mother from the movie carrie Mm -hmm. (laughs) um looks a little bit different i mean she's older but uh um, but the one bit of casting that I really want to talk about, because it was in this movie, in this viewing of mine in particular, that I was just kind of floored to the point of being unsettled, is that Robert Patrick as the coach, I don't, I have never seen another human, and don't get me wrong, because uh, Jeff... Um, Fahey? No. Uh, Je- uh, fucking Jeff... Uh, Daniels. No. um <laughs> Oh my God, the big Lebowski. Oh, Jeff Lebowski? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Who am I Jeff Bridges? Of? Yeah, Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges does 
uh, an amazing turn as a sort of like humanoid in Starman, which I mean, it's it's a, a vastly underrated performance. Yeah. But I'm talking John about Carpenter. I don't think that there is another actor out there that plays. Now, he's had the opportunity to do it a couple of times with Terminator, of course, or T2 and this. But he sells being human, but not quite human, better than anyone on the planet. Yeah. Almost to the point to where I wonder, like, who the fuck is Robert Patrick in real life? Like, there's no way that he could just be a normal dude. Right. Yeah, I don't know much about him no outside of, you know, is he one of these weird eccentric types? Or is he just kind of like a quiet guy who doesn't do anything? Like, I feel he has to be one of the extremes. Yeah, he's either like I just kind of do my work and I don't associate with anything else outside of it, or like he, you know, he has weird hobbies and dresses <laughs> yeah. insane. And, yes, and 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 just uh, even in his scenes where he's supposed to um, be kind of like trying to be nice and trying to be undetected. Uh, where his personality kind of flips from the coach to the yeah. sort of benevolent alien. Um, even then he still has this weird unsettling quality about him, which he's supposed to have. Yeah. But I mean, there's something about how well he does that. That is kind of creepy to watch, but it's so good. Yeah. He's so great. Really good in this. And it's crazy to watch this now. Cause if I were to be like, Oh, watch the faculty. It's got like one of the faculties as a woman, but then like later she becomes like hot sex pot. And you'll start watching this movie and go, oh, that's going to be Selma Hayek. That obviously. And it's like, no, you like never see her again in this movie. Like, yeah. And of course, Robert Rodriguez was like, you know what? I fucked up. Uh, I didn't have her do some sort of bikini dance. I'll do that in Dust Till Dawn. Right. No, you're right. As a, as a longtime fan. In fact, I remember I work in a, a professional environment in an office, but could not resist the urge to plaster my cubicle with pictures of Salma Hayek yeah. when I was first there because she is something. It's the least amount of skin that she's ever shown in a movie, period. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's she had it, a lab coat on the whole thing. I'll tell you what. I think they forgot to cast the nurse and he's just like, I'll just call Salma Hayek. She's my friend. Like, right. just do this for me because it's such a weird because she was people knew who she was. Yeah, but I and that's what I said. And, and she Nancy was, was like. She was not that big yet. And I was like, because, yeah, like people knew who she was, but it wasn't until she did like Frida where she like blew up, like where she became a thing. Like, yes, did Desperado, did 19 year olds like us (laughs) know who Selma Hayek was? Absolutely. Right. But, you know, movie going Q public, not really. Yes, they were probably like, oh, that attractive Spanish lady. Like, you know, that's as much as you probably get out of them. Right. Yeah, because, um, yeah, a lot of her. Yeah. Dogma. She's doing sexy dancing. Uh, <laughs> Dust on sexy yeah, dancing. Yeah. This clinical ear ear exams. <laughs> right. In like sensible shoes. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So that that's that, that's one of those castings that kind of jumps out and it surprises you. Same thing with Usher. And then you start to get all these people who went on to do so many more things like the. Oh, Famke wait, Jansen. I, well, yeah, that's yeah. who I was going to say. Also, on the other side of some Hayek is then you're reminded, oh, right. Like at the time, like Femke Jansen was it. Like yeah. she had kind of 
re- to, in my opinion, she rejuvenated uh, people's interest in the Bond franchise because she ruled so hard in GoldenEye. Not that I mean, I think that movie's good anyway. I'm not a huge Bond fan. What is she mostly known for? Because uh, I recognize uh, that. I, okay, I want to say that. And then she was in the Taken movies. Wasn't she in? Um, was she the psych? No, no. I I get her mixed up with that other girl that has an interesting name. I get her mixed up. Just- she was also in the X Men movies. She was oh, Jean Grey. Yeah, Jean Grey. In the X-Men oh, okay, movies. that's where I know her from. Okay, but yes, okay. But Xenia on a top. Uh, again, I saw it when I was a teenager. I was like, I'm into Bond now. I yeah. love Bond movies, yes. and I never saw another interesting Bond movie again. Uh, but she jumped out at you in that movie as just like this raw sexuality and just like cruel sexuality. And it's like, oh, damn. Speaking of another uh, like little uh, same flavoring on that uh, same spice rack. Uh, what's your name from Cheers? Who is kind yeah. of oddly sexy? <laughs> Nancy's like, who who was she in Cheers? I'm like, that was Lilith. She's like. But she's like hot in this. I'm like, yeah, she was hot in Cheers, but just kind of like didn't express it like she does in this movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you put a woman in, in enough like high collar blouses and you're just going <laughs> to suppress just about everything. But yeah, she's got. yeah. Baby new baby Newworth got to cut, cut the shtick a little bit in this movie. Yeah. And just actually act. And she's a really good. I mean, she's a phenomenal actor. Yeah, she really is. She really is. Um, So. Now, you mentioned it a little bit earlier about the um, the one element that I thought was really interesting in that the the way to detect who has been taken over by this parasite in this movie is to snort this street drug that the character of Zeke yeah. uh, has. Let's is, call it what it is, Tim. It's scat. 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 Yeah. Zeke, which as soon as that name came up on the screen, it makes my blood boil because that was my name for nine months until I was born. And then my mom switched it to Tim at the last second. You I was easy. I was easy. No. Oh, no. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my mom. That makes big, way more sense. Big Scatman Crothers yeah, fan, my mom. Just like, did they yeah. were just like how nonchalant and cavalier they were towards this fetus. Name it like something for shit until we come up with a proper name. <laughs> yeah, gonna be Ezekiel for the longest time. See your mom time. doing that. Yeah. No, not really. Yeah, she's just the type. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's creating this drug, which is essentially caffeine and a few other things. Um, but uh, what a kind of ballsy choice to say we're gonna do this movie, which by the way is rated what PG thirteen? I don't think so because there's or is it R? Nudity, right? It's, it has to be R. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Well, no, we'll one, yeah. no one lists that information. It's not anywhere. a hard R anyhow. No, it's not a hard R. Um, There's a lot of fucks and stuff in it, right? No, yeah. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, that girl walks around naked at the end for that's like three true. minutes. But yeah, she's a little obscured, though. But um, but anyway, the, to, to just say, like, we're going to make a movie about teens and a huge part of the movie is going to be snorting this powder drug. And that somehow that's like their savior or their tool to to make it through. That's kind of an an unusual choice. Yeah. Um, it does make for one of what ultimately is my favorite line in the whole movie, which is after Elijah Wood has snorted it. And then they're waiting for the two other female characters who both do not want to snort it to now have to snort it at the same time. And Elijah Wood just goes, 
showdown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so awesome. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a really interesting tool because these aliens don't have any sort of outwardly visible characteristics that they are taken over. And even when their personality is changed, it hasn't changed so much to where it's obvious. You know, yeah, they just are a little nicer somehow. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there are some characters that they do use to make it seem super like there's that couple. There's a couple that's fighting. Right. And then you see them halfway through and only one of them is like fighting. And the other and the guy's just kind of like sitting there all chill. That's where Josh Hartnett's like, what the fuck's up? These people fight all the time. Right. And then you, the third time you see them, they're like arm in arm and like super in love. So I'm going to come right out of the gate with this instead of saving it for the end, because this is you want to talk about a fucking question that I have for you right now. So like a good body snatcher movie does. Yeah. It will always get you to a point where as a viewer, you're seeing how the body snatchers are now gaining ground. It seems like they're winning. It seems like they're once they're body snatchers, they kind of found their place in life. And it's almost enough to be like, man, maybe it is just easier just to give in and let it happen. Yeah. So my question for you is, if there was an alien race that could come here. Now, you know what my answer would be, because I, am, you know, have those sort of like, you know, I'm a centrist. So I, I'm I. I like for good things to happen in the world, but I, I, I like bad things. Is yeah. that what the other half of that? <laughs> I guess it would be. Yeah. But if there was an alien race that came down and could in, if it, you allowed it to infect everybody, but there would be no more crime against women. There would be no more racism. There would be no more, um, you know, a uh, judgment of, of, uh, people based on any sort of outward appearance or anything would you want to the world to be infected with that well no i mean that's like that's the same as like just saying would you like a meteor to hit the world and incinerate everyone because i wouldn't know at that point i wouldn't be myself i would be that alien okay so you you still would want to because I feel like there are people in the world right now that if I just literally said that to them, like an alien fort, like you let this thing infect you and there will be no more racism. There'll be no more. Everybody will have money. Every Nobody will be racist and nobody will be mean. Nobody will commit violence. And uh, if you just let it happen, the world will be that kind of utopia that people would be like, yeah, I'd probably do that. Yeah. Oh, sure. There are some. Yeah. That's why cults exist. But I'm- <laughs> there always will be those types of people. Well, I'm glad that who you are looking that. for some sort of belonging and, you know, feel like they need to have purpose. And if someone can give them that, they love that. There's a whole political movement based on that right now. Well, so, uh, yeah, I totally believe people would be into that, but I think it would be bad. Cause then as they even say in the movie, she's like, cause, uh, yeah, the, the, uh, so the, there's the new student. What the hell was her name? Mary Beth, Mary Beth. Yeah. Mary Beth, Louise Hutchinson. She's from, uh, uh, Atlanta, Atlanta. Um, you know, she's like, as right before she kind of gives away that she's the big bad, you know, she's like, because this is where we see Stan. Is uh-huh. that his name? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He is infected. Yeah. And we learn it. And so Mary Louise is like, 
you know, maybe it's not that bad. Like you just said, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's nice to have no pain and stuff. And, and Stokely's like, well, it's not him though. Yeah. Right. That's not him. Right. Sure. That his the mind itself might be at ease, but it's not, in it's, it, it, there's no self-control. It's the clockwork orange thing. Like, yeah. the, like you're being, you've taken away the free will. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Would you want to be a, Absolutely part not. of a collective? No, okay. no, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, yeah, joining not a second. group is like my worst nightmare. Like joining a club? <laughs> no, thank you. So, um, yeah, no, that's 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 true. Uh, no, I'm I'm glad that you feel that way. That's that's a good thing. Um, speaking of not so good things, this movie has quite a bit of special effects, and these. Yeah. Special is getting less special as the years tick by. I will. Yeah, I agree. But I was impressed with the monster at the end. I was like, oh, this is not going to have aged well. But it was probably the best bit in the movie of special effects. The giant monster. I liked it. I liked the the practicality of when it jumps into the water to see the movement in the water like that was cool. That looks cool. Yeah, that was neat. Um, Yeah, because, you know, that was, you know. They were not doing the water with CGI. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, no, I thought that was great. Um, yeah, in another so five when years. when the CGI is underwater, you were like, <laughs> nailed it, guys. Yes. <laughs> so, you know. But yeah, the head walking around. Yeah. A lot of the tendril stuff. But yeah, it, it was like we were just kind of like getting that kind of fine, you know, the hairs on Sully in Monsters, Inc. And it was like, oh, we can do like fine textures now. Yes. Cool. We'll make that a super feature of this alien. But also, we're just starting on that technology, guys. Um, yeah, because it's kind of it's that, and it's also like the way that light hits. Because when you see it back in '98, it's almost got a sort of like matte finish to it. Mm-hmm. Like they hadn't figured out light bouncing off right. of edges yet. Yeah. So it's you can if you've never seen the movie and you watch it right now you it, it might be a little cringy in parts but it's not that bad give it another 5 years and it might get a little yeah a little goofy looking but i did like some of the design of the stuff though when like uh oh yeah here's the reason i even saw this movie in the first place john stewart is in it like i was yeah. so high on john stewart like i loved his mtv show he had just been hired for the daily show which i'd already loved and then i'm like oh awesome now this guy I love will be on the show I love, but he was still doing movies. Uh, so I saw this movie essentially because Jon Stewart was in it. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, he plays a science teacher. And so when he gets bit, because because uh, um, Elijah Wood finds a little cephalopodish kind of dried out thing. That's how it all starts. He yeah. finds a new organism and uh, and it bites Jon Stewart. It kind of has that cool thing where it has like these like almost like seven fingers around its mouth and each one kind of retracts on its own before the jaws protrude. Mm -hmm. That looks kind of cool. So I like that design. Yeah. The special effects were okay on it. Those looked a little dated. Yeah. Um, You mentioned Jon Stewart. The one prevailing thought that I had when I was watching this is that, God damn, I wish Jon Stewart would have done more movies. I know. I I really, I really liked it. I mean, I know that it wasn't his thing, and he went on to, to like s- so much greater heights than he probably would have achieved had he just focused on film <laughs> acting. Yeah, no one heard of him after right. this. 
but he's he's really like these. It's not even just about a likability or a humor. Like there's just something that I like about him on the screen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's just good. And I think it might have been this movie where he was like, this is not for me. Because yeah. like around this time, he was in this. He was in Half Baked. He was in Big Daddy. Um, he had a lot of these like smaller parts. And he was just like, I don't I don't like it. Likes- I, love, I love when the, the creature actually bites him in the fish tank and he's surrounded by students and he just goes, oh, fuck. Yeah, so loud, dude. <laughs> so they snap yeah. his fingers so violently. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Speaking did of- you uh, did you also notice in the end credits and it has to only because it's John Stewart weird end credits if we can jump to those yeah because a ton of like photo montage title cards yeah uh, and then there's one of John Stewart because he gets like he's the first one where we're like oh you defeat these things with the scat because Josh Hartnett stabs him in the eye and he like bubbles and froths yeah and falls down dead. But then in, during the end credits, he's still alive. He's got eye patch on, and they'd also chopped his fingers off and <laughs> yeah. a huge bandage. And I'm like, that's the funniest post-credit bit. Yeah. Uh, but there were, like, almost everyone, my kid was just like, that person gets a card? Like, she could right. not. The two, the couple, the fighting couple, have no lines. They got yeah. their own title cards. It helps when you're Summer Phoenix. Was that Summer Phoenix? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, still. Yeah. But no, you're right. It was it was kind of cute that way. It was fun. Um, Who was the guy? Uh, he, nobody. Okay. <laughs> but but he was paired with Summer Phoenix, so it's okay. <laughs> um, other people who turned down some roles, Jillian Andis, Anderson turned down um, the principal role. Okay. Um, which that could have worked either way. I mean, either sure. one of them would have been fine. You know what's funny about that <laughs> that principal character? Early on, there there's a bit a, like a, a kind of like a informal teacher meeting where they're talking about budgetary restraints, which are always a huge issue. Yeah. You know, always a, a big problem for schools. And um, she mentions to the drama teacher that they could just use the set for our town from last year. Yeah. Which for, for guys the, and dolls. For those of you who don't know, our town does not have a set. <laughs> When you perform, oh, that's true. That's the show. Like the show when you do oh, our man. Town. You know what? I even explained that joke <laughs> to my kid, and I explained it wrong because I'm like, our town's set in like a very small town, and Guys and Dolls is in New York. Because that yeah. she's like, just reuse the set. For it Guys works and Dolls. that way too. But that's <laughs> that's actually, even funny. You're, you're right. <laughs> just use the set from our town, which well, was but, but you can build a set. For I mean, you like, can. There's no like. Typically, when a theater does our town, it's just the theater as it's as it is. Yeah. So. That's it's a it's a funny joke. It's oh, a theater man. joke. Why didn't I do that show? Because that's my kind of strike. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. God, I'd oh. be in a just to strike it or yeah. not strike it for that matter. One of my favorite shows I ever did was we bombed a New Haven just because the set was a desk. That was and it. A platform. That was it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That cast party goes a little like an, an extra yeah, hour. I've at least most shows I've directed because my sets are complicated <laughs> and stupid. So let me speaking about complicated. Um, I was very pleased to see that I was not the only one who had a problem with the ending of this movie. And what I don't like about it philosophically, what ending, like which part of the ending, the, the ending where we see the students, like one month, the one month later. Yes. Ending? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's- so here's a movie. That for the for the last hour and 27 minutes 
has been wrestling with the same themes that every body snatcher movie wrestles with, which is the sense of self and self identity. Yeah. And the idea of losing that uh, or sacrificing it to some larger, uh, you know, regime or what have you. So they spend the whole movie talking about that and fighting that. And then we get this one month later scene after the dust is settled and the goth girl is now dressed in like pastel purple. Yeah, I'm like, look, so she's wearing purple. And it's like everybody has sort of everybody has changed. Oh, yeah. Josh Hartnett's are. on the football yeah. team. So we're talking about maintaining our individuality and sense of self. And then one month later, everybody changes <laughs> right. and becomes something more acceptable. Right. And it's like. And something I they were know. not at all. Right. So I don't. Jordana I, Brewster and Elijah Wood are a couple. Yeah. Why? I just I feel like uh, I feel like it was uh, like the the script like it must have been Kevin Williamson just misread his own material and how to end it. Like you don't take a movie about individuality and then at the end have everybody so, so fast to change into whatever would be more acceptable. Yeah. Also, it's implied Femke Jansen's character is having a relationship Banging Josh Hartnett. with Josh Hartnett. And that that's now, okay. I get it. He, uh, repeated his senior year so he's technically probably an adult who's 19 oh, okay but still ethically to date a student is uh wrong right yes it's generally viewed as that yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah that's supposed to be like, his wait like two months for him to graduate and go nuts right uh on uh, silver lining though we can rest assured that there is a good chance that they're using condoms though as it was right mentioned cherry, flavored. Yeah, cherry flavored yeah uh, but man. then she goes back to being mousy, but is now open to relationship with. I mean, I guess they they did kind of tease there was some flirtatious uh, yeah. there, which was also weird. Yeah. Hot, but weird. Yeah. 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 yeah well, yeah. This was back <laughs> in the 90s where we were still like, huh, female teacher banged a student. Fuck. Yeah, dude. Well, yeah, I'm still there. Um, but uh, <laughs> very wrong. <laughs> but no, um, I, I like I, I have a teacher thing. Um, but uh, right. As a 45 year old man. <laughs> It is wrong for a teacher to have sex with a minor. <laughs> that, yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's. But what about a college professor? How do you feel about that? Uh, what about a I college mean, professor who's like 28 and he's got like a 23 year old? Yeah, that's not illegal. Like what the high school bit is illegal. Very unethical in college, but yeah, whatever, man. Um, so was something I mentioned earlier, and I, I don't want to miss it, is uh, the Buffy thing. I, I was a huge fan of Buffy. Actually, Sarah Michelle Gellar turned down a role for this movie. I don't know who she was going to be cast as. Maybe Mary Beth, I guess. Uh, uh, I yeah, know, probably. I, I know for a fact Charisma Carpenter turned down um, Delilah. And as I'm watching this movie, I liked it enough, but I don't feel like there was anything that this movie offers that you couldn't get from any given episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which was extremely well written and actually did a better job of quote unquote teen speak because Josh Whedon knew early on that kind of like um, what's his name knew when he wrote Clockwork Orange that he was going to date his material if he was going off of current slang. Yeah. So Josh Whedon kind of created his own slang, his own Buffy verse, as they call it. Yeah. Um, uh, or Buffy speak. And um, so it, it, it still kind of holds up, but. Buffy didn't also have the greatest special effects in the world, but it wasn't f much worse than this. Yeah. And, um, you know, granted they had seven seasons to like evolve into whatever they were versus 90 minutes here. Yeah. 
but I I really I don't know if if this is a fun movie. It's not a great movie. No, no, it is a blast though. Um, man, you want, I, I, I'm not going to talk about Buffy. Okay, I was well, just going to like rip on Buffy for a little bit. But, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, no. We're a very different thing there. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I'm like so weird on Joss Whedon because some of his stuff I absolutely love, and some of it I think is just garbage. <laughs> because uh, well, yeah kevin in the woods i fucking love um i liked his first avengers movie i hated i didn't hate but i didn't like ultron i didn't like a lot of the superhero stuff he's done his horror stuff i'm hit and miss what else has he done outside of buffy and uh, uh kevin in the woods there's one other big one that i can't remember anyway but yeah i was not a big buffy fan i don't know if i ever told you this story i'll digress just a little yeah. bit on the buffy uh, I was taking a uh, script writing class, a, a comedy sketch class, and so I wrote this uh, sketch, and it's just the ba- the basis of the sketch was just um, it was it had nothing to do with Buffy. It was essentially like um, it, this was when just like uh, uh, Trump was just becoming a thing, and he would say insane shit, you know, and so they were like. Let's in order to get clicks, we have to try and we have to get ahead of him and just make up that he says these insane things and whatever they would do. Then they'd find out he had actually just done that. Right. (laughs) So it just keeps going and going. And then the end of it is just kind of this, uh, you know, just a single person talking about like the role of media and everything. And then just for whatever reason, I was like, and never forget. Buffy the Vampire Slayer is just a mediocre mix of the Twilight Zone and after school specials. And like for no reason. And we read that in our thing. And my instructor literally threw the script at me and like dressed me down about how good Buffy was for like five minutes. Yes. It was one of my it was one of my favorite <laughs> moments. And I tried to fit fucking Buffy shit in everything. Like we had a good like <laughs> laugh after it. Like he wasn't like literally mad, yeah. but just like, how dare you? Right. Also, this is too old a reference. It doesn't work, you know. But right. still like when when Angel, try peanut butter. Uh, and I'm just like, I don't know. Oh, what I love that t- scene. <laughs> I was trying to find what that was and fit that into. I should have asked. It you. was. It was. That was actually an angel episode. That was an angel episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I love but, that yeah. episode. So yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer's dumb. But but no, I think that <laughs> let's put it this way: if you like Buffy, although one of the greatest episodes of television ever, in my opinion, is the episode Hush. Yes. Yeah. Which awesome. is awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's groundbreaking. I mean, even if you haven't seen the show before, you should at least watch that one. Um, I love when a gimmick works. Yes. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. yeah he does a good job with it in that. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, I think. Let's talk that, about this alien. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We should. Because, yeah, that there's something new and interesting happening yeah. there. Now, so, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's an alien. It's really like a refugee. Its planet is dying. Yeah. It's come somewhere else to live. It has a large dependency on water. Oh, the pet. Oh, we got the new, the new cat in the studio. Our black cat specter that we got on Friday the 13th. <laughs> she loves hanging out during the podcast. So cute. Uh, what was I saying? I got um, we're talking the about cat. the alien. He's a refugee. Oh yeah. Refugee. Or, yeah. Uh, so, you know, comes to this planet. Now, everything we've seen of the aliens so far, they're just these little worms, right? And then at the end, Mary Beth uh, Hutchinson 
reveals herself to be the queen because they're like in the you know they're it's meta enough to where they're like we know it's like an invasion of the body snatchers thing and there's always like a queen or a hive mind or something so they have to find the queen it turns out to be mary beth the new student um which in retrospect so obvious uh but she does a good job of not giving it away but there are some good subtle bits where where they'll like hurt one of the like squish something and you know yeah she looks a little concerned um and now she is massive like it fills a pool essentially a high school pool um so my issues with that are one how does that creature travel uh through space right um if it needs water in order to survive. They never really talk about how it got here. She's just like, my planet was drying up. Were you the only thing on that planet? Like, we're... Because it also seems a creature that relies on other organisms to survive. Were there other organisms? Because she's like, it was vast oceans. So were the, was it controlling other ocean creatures? Was it alone and just enjoyed the oceans? Like, what's the point of the mind-controlling things? And then to come to a planet that has, yes, a lot of water, but why would you not then go into the water and control those creatures? Why then control land-dwelling creatures? You know, Andy Cynical Corner. I loved this movie. I had a great time. But yeah, the actual motives of the alien, I was just like, that uh, bad and lazy. I don't... Was it... Was it was the appeal that earth has such a large surface area of water or was it that the inhabitants of earth are, are such a large water? quantity made up of water? Like that maybe they need the, like the temperature and the warmth of like, maybe they can't just like go in the ocean and thrive. Maybe they have to be in whatever temperature or heat that humans provide, but with the water content. Yeah. Well, th- she says that her planet was vast. <laughs> Vast oceans, as far as oh, the yeah. eye could see. Wouldn't that just be one ocean then? I don't yeah. know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's not like, you know. Yeah, we're warm, but they don't like the warmth. Yeah, that's true. No, you're right. That doesn't. Yeah. Why wouldn't they just go to water? Yeah. Just go what in the do, ocean what are they and take over Ohio? sharks or whatever. Like what? Who cares? Right. Go to Hawaii. Yeah, it's well, beautiful. Right. <laughs> And there's a lot of water around there. I yeah, mean, no, you're right. That that makes soapbox. The oceans are dirtier than the land, Tim. <laughs> no, you know, but they still. But look you could have made a great. What a great statement you can have made. I mean, something like, right. I would have survived in your oceans, but you guys fucked it up. So I'm going to control humans in order to then clean up the oceans, so that I have somewhere to live. Like that. Yeah, that is good. I just rewrote it. Thank you. I'm a duck fart or blood fart. <laughs> Or a blow dick. A blow dick. There uh, were others, man. I so wish, like, after, like, the fourth one, I was like, I should have been writing these yeah, down. right. Because I wanted to play a game where I had you, you had to guess, were they from the movie or are they ones <laughs> I just made up? <laughs> right. Um, well, I will say this. One thing about that alien, though, like, um, you know, you've got it in its sort of huge size. You've got it with that those, like, cool, like, red tentacles. It almost looks more like arteries that are coming out, yeah. like veins. It's really cool. But the one thing that they get right is something that really, you know, gets under my skin 
is when they show it moving underneath right. someone's skin, especially on their face. Yeah. Like something crawling and moving under the skin on the face is really unsettling. Even though it looks like wide open CGI, it still is right. ugh, unsettling. Yeah, it's, they don't dwell on it long enough. Yeah. There's that, I love that shot where when Stan goes out to see, because they think uh, Principal Drake is yeah. the queen, and so they shoot her in the head. Right. Which is great. Uh, and so he goes out to check the coach who the coach and the team are all just standing motionless on the field. And he's like, I'm going to go see if they're OK. I'm going to walk right up to them and see if they're OK. I can tell by looking at them. Not OK. Yeah. But when he gets to them, it's raining and they kind of are. It's this weird, cool, like superimposed, uh, weird, big fangs. And, you know, they've got the tendrils coming out. Um you kind of see it and then you don't. Yeah, you yeah. It, it was and, a yeah. really good effect. Um, Almost like a hologram. Like yeah. when you turn like, like a yeah, card. Yeah, you just yeah. caught the light right. Yeah. You would catch this shimmer yeah. of this weird, huge skeletal look underneath. That was neat. Um, which, A, like what is that? Because, and here's my other issue with it. Oh, so normally if there is a, uh, in a you know story like this, in a body snatch or something, if you have a parasitic organism, it takes one. Right. Yeah. But this thing is like they're like, oh, it like can self replicate. We see them squiggling all over people's bodies. So are they um, why are they replicating inside the body? It, it seems, you know, are they oh, collectively right. controlling the body? Yeah. Are they do they constantly replicate? Like, why do we never see just someone just kind of like bursting of worms? Because they've kept replicating in this body and now pop out. Right. Because right, they have right. nowhere left to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just another nitpick. Well, no. And that's and that's the thing. It, I think that we're hitting on the main issue here, which is the nitpick versus not nitpick right. viewing of this movie. Because there's some other there's some also. There's those issues that have to do with with the alien. There's also some issues that I have stylistically with the movie. Um, it's kind of like this. It's kind of like when there are funny shows out there that have no laugh track that are like like people generally agree like the office is funny mm. and there's no laugh track there. I don't know how some people think that. What is that? that Big fuck? Bang Theory. Yeah, you, you read literally. <laughs> read oh, my, yeah. yeah. If that show had no laugh track, there would literally be nothing to laugh at. Right. Like, so what? What? Where I'm going with with this concept is with this movie. Sometimes it feels like when you get some really aggressive camera work, and especially this is the dead giveaway for me when something is overscored. When it's when the music is way overwrought yeah. and it's in every single scene. And that's what we have here. It's almost like they're not trusting their movie enough to be interesting. Yeah. Um, so that every conversation has to be like, OK, we're about we as viewers are about to see a conversation between two people sitting at a table in a library. Well, we can't just be there. The camera has to like swoop in down the aisle and then now we're up, yeah. you know, in their faces. And um, which, OK, I don't I don't mind some inventive camera work, but it felt like uh, I don't know. It's just a little too served up on a silver platter. Yeah. Like some of it I like, like I did notice it was like almost comically ominous in a couple of points just to be like wink, 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 you know. But I do. I, I understand what you're saying. It's the beginning of the 2000s. And this is the problem with 90s horror and 2000s horror. 
was this sort of over slickness. Like even in the, the practicality of action happening within a scene in our very first scene, like there's, there's places where Robert Patrick like shows up all of a sudden at the end of a hallway or something with some dramatic music playing. Yeah. But like, it the, the the movement to get there doesn't make sense but what it's what it feels like is that somebody is saying oh this is going to look cool right it's kind of like they're trying to make every frame of their movie like trailer worthy well it's robert rodriguez right yeah and maybe that's just it because he does yeah, have let's talk about him for a minute yeah because there's a guy and it's weird like because i was looking at his filmography because i was like oh at just some point he stopped giving a fuck but it's like no he really has intermixed his types of movies pretty well but he just hasn't made a lot of movies that i've wanted to see because man when i saw uh el mariachi and then i saw desperado and i was just like this guy i was over the moon for robert yeah. rodriguez uh then he had his bit he did one of the best bits in four hotel or yeah. four rooms yes um the best one i think yeah it is yeah. the best one um you're right and uh yeah and so i was just like oh my god and then this movie i really liked when it came out um i had just had a blast watching it john stewart was in it um and then you know then he does spy kids which was fun the first one is fucking weird but it's like okay that's fine then he's like once upon a time in mexico now we're kind of like getting off the rails a little more commercial then he does another spy kids movie and you're just like shark boy and lava girl shark boy lava girl which is one of the worst things i've ever seen in my life <laughs> in my life uh and both of my kids who are not huge movie people loved that movie i, I kind of love it yeah oh my god man <laughs> but when no, was the last time you saw that movie uh, i've i've actually seen that movie probably 40 times oh i'm not kidding how I, it, but uh, one of do you know he did a sequel yeah. Did you watch it? No, because it doesn't have Taylor Lautner. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's got everyone else. Yeah. Right, right. But um no, I uh no, I agree Taylor with you. Lautner's got that highlight money. He doesn't need to do nothing. <laughs> I will I will say though, um I and we'll we will do this movie if not in conjunction with another movie at some point. Yeah. I loved Planet Terror. See, I didn't like it that oh. much. How many times have you seen it? Though? Just the one time. Oh, I think it it begs a second viewing. I I should give it a second viewing. It's because yeah, at that point when I saw that, I was just like, "What's he doing?" Yeah, it, that movie because it some... felt like a try to return to form. And I, you know, and I, I understand the campy lens that movies supposed to be yeah. seen through. Um, I don't know. It just didn't work for me. And I was just so pumped for death proof. Anyway. Right way. I was just like, get to the good shit. <laughs> so I should give it a second chance. Just watching it on its own. I will do that. Who knows? Maybe for a 100th episode or something like that. Maybe oh, we'll do Grindhouse. Yeah. You never know. We've talked about it. You one. never That's know. Coming up. You never know. We could do it on our second anniversary. That's coming up in November. Oh, is it? Yeah. Really? Two, Two years? years. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but he's, you're right. I mean, it's a little uneven. It's, it, I think I know what you're saying. It is a more uneven filmography than you would have guessed would have happened. Oh, he did Alita Battle Angel. What the hell? I've never heard of that. That's like a, uh, it's like a futuristic as Christoph Waltz in it. She's like a Android. She's got these real big anime eyes, but it looks kind of like 
oh. matrixy. I don't want to say matrixy. Uh, it's like a Blade Runner Ghost in the Shell kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. I don't even even know how to explain it. But interesting. I've wanted to see that, and I've heard good things about it. Yeah, but he I, just I, had a crazy. You know, he had that run in with as we see here this picture of him and Tarantino, like. I love when they work together. Dust till dawn. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I'll give Planet Terror another ch- chance. Because Rose yeah, McGowan with a it, but <laughs> with a machine I, gun leg. How do you? Right. Yeah. I gotta, Before she messed up. her face up. Yeah. Um, but uh, I I don't know. I really liked Once Upon a Time in Mexico. I, I, I think Johnny Depp is hilarious in that movie. Yeah, he is. Um, and I but like compared to the other two. Yeah. And I and it's probably just because I watched those two so much. And was in, you know, we're talking, this is college, height of my film snobbery, <laughs> you know, like, unless it was, unless it was Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino, Scorsese, like, get it the fuck out of here, you know? Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, like, I, I clear, I, I think what, what you're saying is, is that when, when you started watching his films, the trajectory that his filmography eventually took was not what you would have expected. No. Yeah. But, and to his credit, I'll give him this. Like, he's not making that movie for me. He's making that for his kids. Well, not, yeah, not only and that. he can. He can just, like, he films those, like, in his house. Yeah, he's got that studio. What is it? Dimension Films? Uh, or no. No, it's, it's like Troublemaker. Oh, Troublemaker. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Troublemaker Studios. Yeah, and he has the studio in his house. Yeah. yeah. Um, Which you can tell. Right. Yeah. He, yeah. Yeah, you can. Um, but uh, no, I I think that he was... He was a good choice for this movie because he always brings uh, the energy. He always brings like uh, he makes it fun for the viewer. Um, yeah. So th- he's a good match for it. Uh, let down by the Kevin Williamson writing. But, you know, I guess and I'll say besides seeing Alita on this list, this is like one of the least Robert Rodriguez ish. movies. Yes. Yeah. No, you're right. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. It's just. um I feel like this was made during a time where people kind of filmmakers thought that if as long as it looked cool and slick, that that was fine. Yeah. Um, Before things got a little bit more. um, I don't know how you would say it. Just uh, embracing the um, the naturalness of film and it not having to be so served up to the audience and so slick. Yeah. So packaged. Yeah. Which I feel this is. But I mean, maybe that's maybe they okay. I just don't want to insult anybody, but maybe if they're saying the target audience is sixteen-year-olds or seventeen-year-olds, maybe you do have to serve it up like that, right? I know we. I I feel like I was watching some really great movies at that age and appreciating it, but maybe for the masses, you have to put something that's a little bit more palatable. Yeah, and uh, so maybe it was the movie that it it was intended to be. Which they wanted to make it. They were trying to capitalize on Scream. They wanted to make a fun teenager light horror yeah. movie. And so, I read also Silence of the Lambs, like the success of that. Like, yeah. Oh, you're mashing those two together? Like, what is the... <laughs> was it? Was it that or... Well, I guess that was way back in 93, wasn't it? Well, no, I think... I, I think I, I read that I on Wikipedia, exactly you're, so that's You're lazy. talking about the... I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, am I talking about a different movie? Uh-huh. Our next movie? Uh-huh. Oh, oh uh-huh. okay, never mind. Oh, <laughs> but, yeah, you're but, right. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Okay. <laughs> but no, but yeah, they. It, but it, it goes back to the original point that we made that, that Hollywood studios just... 
This you is know, the problem with doing two movies at once, <laughs> right? But they will, they will. As soon as they see that something is profitable, they just pounce on it and look for the closest thing to it. And I don't know, but look, but yeah, there were so many movies. I mean, this was of of those teen horror movies. This is probably the most unique. Yeah, out of this, I know you did last summer. Uh, and those uh, never really legend. kept my intent. I've never stayed awake through one of those movies. I, I know what you did last summer. I've you never even didn't? stayed awake for one. I literally I fell asleep every time. How do you watch Jennifer Love Hewitt? That was another. Yeah, the guys tried buying. Maybe it's a narcolepsy thing. Porn with uh, Nev Campbell and yeah. uh, <laughs> Jennifer Love Hewitt. I was like, oh, are there two like thirstier uh, sounding? names appealing to dudes at, at in 98 than those two <laughs> yeah. names no. yeah yeah they Denise were on the richards list. you throw that in and then right. yeah that's wild <laughs> things you can just watch wild things um but yeah i uh I, you know as far I saw, as i saw all the i think you should know i, I know really? you did next summers well all, for jennifer love hewitt because uh, i was uh goo goo for her uh or gaga either way I would have let her. I would have been her baby. I would have loved that. <laughs> um, but also, like, I read that book like in sixth grade or something. Like, it was one of those just cheesy teen novels. Is like, that what it's based on? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know how closely it is, but I definitely read a book called "I Know what You Did Last Summer." And yes, it is that general. It doesn't have like the fish hook villain in it like that i don't even remember the end of it i know at the end she gets out of the shower and there's a note on the mirror i still know what you did i do remember that but you, yeah so i was like oh i read that book i should you, see that movie you have read more horror novels than anyone i know it's like it's like if some it's like really the only it's like books if, I've it's read. like if kids would be like standing around being like oh like the Evil Dead is so awesome you get you got to see this it's such a great movie and you're like I can't wait to read that book <laughs> like I can't wait to fucking read it um, but no good for you hey those those horror novels those little novellas and stuff or whatever I mean yeah. those are kind of hi- highly sought after these days yeah they're yeah. collectible yeah yeah but, and that was not because yeah I've read a lot of movie novelizations of yeah. movies I liked when I was a teenager. But yeah, that was one that was way before it was a movie. Yeah. I did not know that it came from that. Yeah. Wow. We'll uh, we'll look it up when we take a break. Yeah. Um, as far as a, a recommend on this, I don't know how you don't recommend it. I, I a lot of people love this movie. Um, I think it was a nice bridge film for people to get into horror that were like uh, one generation behind us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, how do you, how do you I, it's not perfect, but I, I I would recommend it to somebody to watch. Sure. Have fun with it. Yeah, I would definitely recommend it. Watch yeah. it with your family. It's a blast. Yeah. It's a blast. And, uh, you know, there are some decent jumps in it. There's some decent, you know, and if scare moments. If you're a teacher, uh, watch it with one of your students. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like Have them over. Yeah, Netflix and chill. Make, make some dinner. Yeah. Netflix. If you only have one movie on the <laughs> fucking Jesus Christ. <laughs> You can tell I haven't dated in 25 years. <laughs> My God. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, <laughs> stream it on Netflix. Uh, <laughs> but yes, no, I, I, I'm glad that we covered this. I mean, just I guess just in summation, in conjunction with our miniseries of, of uh, you know, aiming towards Elijah Wood. Uh, 
you can't downplay his part in this because the the guy does a really good job. Oh yeah, we should spend a few more. Minutes well, talking. he does a really nice job of being essentially the whatever you want to call it nerd. Um, yeah, the shy guy. He's whatever. The He's if you want to get a little. Uh, non-PC about it. He's kind of the final girl. He is. He is. Absolutely. Yeah. And the, and they even make men, uh, mention of like uh, something about like don't be Sigourney Weaver or something like that. Oh, yeah. Him. That's right. Yeah, so, when did you become Sigourney Weaver? Right. Yeah. So, Cause, yeah, because they all do kind of change. <laughs> that's the other funny thing. They all do kind of like are changing, uh, but definitely not into the caricatures they become right. at the end of the movie. No. Yeah, I was I'm like, is there another alien that like <laughs> took over and we just don't see right. that movie? Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I mean, they do set that up pretty well where they're like, everyone is kind of suspiciously different. Like you all of a sudden uh, quit the football team. You know, you are all of a sudden. Yeah. Talking to girls. I don't know. I don't, right. I don't I didn't get the Sigourney Weaver bit with Elijah Wood. Like, yeah. I don't know what he had done for them to, to earn say, that. To yeah. say that you're going to be the final girl. But yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, he is our final girl. And um, but he's he is. And I'm realizing this as I'm going back and watching more and more of his movies. Um, that kid has kid now man has always been great. Yeah. I, I don't. Is there a bad Elijah Wood performance out there on film anywhere? Yeah. I not don't that know. I've seen. And not this one either, because he's I mean, uh, I hear the movie North is terrible, but I don't know if that's because of him. I doubt it. Yeah. I will never see that movie. Just it just yeah, I, don't I just no, see that movie. no no particular reason. I just know in my heart that I will never see that movie. <laughs> um <laughs> for whatever reason. But uh no, I um Do you know what his first movie was? Oh boy. No, I don't. Back to the Future 2. Really? Yeah, when Marty when they go to 20 25 or whatever, 2015 I think it was. And he goes into the malt shop or whatever. He's one of the little kids playing a video game. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Like it, video game kid two, I think is his credit. Wow. Is that the one where they're like, um, oh, what is it? Like, uh, they say something like, oh, you have to use your hands or something like that. Like, uh, possibly. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I didn't know that he started that young, but I mean, the, the kid's always been great. He's excellent in this. I mean, again, it's one of those characters that can be easily annoying or unlikable because they are supposed to be. I mean, it's easy to be Josh Hartnett in this yeah. movie. It's easy to be likable because they're just those the whole, eyes, man. Those eyes are so sympathetic. Yeah, they are. And like vulnerable. He's so abused. Like as yeah. this movie opens up, six people run his nuts into the flagpole right twice which i always that thought was kind of like an urban legend you thing up, man yeah I, apparently it happens in that town. uh and then they like punch him in the like he's got a bloody nose too yeah. like he just gets beat the fuck up before right. before school like i know that's a, a extreme his, thing like that doesn't happen his parents are dicks they're so lame shooter oh, mcgavin and some other lady yeah uh yeah the dad was uh oh, god what's his name I I uh, I got off the screen here. Um uh, it is uh that is uh I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember either. But, oh, um, Christopher McDonald. Oh yeah, Christopher that's McDonald. Yeah. Who's classic, an easy guy? He's an easy guy not to like yeah, on screen, which he dude. does well. Good actor though. Yeah, Very yeah, yes. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, that well, yeah Harry Knowles was in this movie. If you don't know who Harry Knowles is, have you ever heard of uh, Ain't It Cool News, the website? I yeah, have heard of it, yeah. Yeah, he, he is the giant, fat, redheaded guy. Oh, is that that, that guy? That guy started a website, and so he just kind of like wormed his way in. That's what it was. They were filming this movie, and Harry Knowles was like, hey, Elijah, they're casting for um, uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. You should audition. Oh, shit. So, yeah. So, Harry Knowles, in this movie, told Elijah Wood about Lord of the Rings. So, that makes the faculty pretty important, then. A very it's, important it's piece a, of <laughs> cinema history. <laughs> yes. Well, how can you not recommend it, then? Right. Do you, do you recommend it? Oh, yeah, of course. Okay. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. Oh, yeah. Danny Masterson is in this. Canceled yeah. uh, rapist Danny Masterson. <laughs> and the other guy that played the other kid that was buying drugs with him yeah, was Wiley the kid from Wiggins. Dazed and Confused. All right. See, that's what Nancy said. I've only seen that movie once. I didn't like that oh. movie. <sighs> Willie Black? Wiggins, is that his name? Wait, Lewis. Oh, that's a different Lewis Black. Okay. But um, yeah, it all in all, uh, it's... As, as I like to say, and I know this sounds like kind of like a backhanded, you know, like put down, but I like to say a movie like this is harmless. You know, you you, mm-hmm. you can't do you can't do much wrong. You're you're going to have a good time. Um, it's easily found. You anybody listening to this has probably seen it. I yeah. mean, it it was pretty pretty well received. Um, so Although it only has like a fifty five percent on. Rotten well, yeah, Tomatoes. I don't think it's it's critically well received. I was at but that. I think that like just young people, teenagers. Uh, you know, late Gen X, early uh, millennials uh, really went for it. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, two recs, two recommends. All right. That was the faculty from 1998. Join us next week as we continue our September miniseries. Elijah, would you please come on our podcast? We're going back. This is one of his very first ones, at least first big roles. Yeah. From 1993, The Good Son. First time I had ever seen this movie. Me too. Me too. Never seen it. And we didn't see it together. And we're not going to talk about it until we. This is going to be the first time we've never discussed a movie. Uh, I don't even want to know if you liked it or didn't. I want to know nothing about your opinion until we start recording. I'm very excited. I have seen The Good Son. That is all. Yeah, that's (laughs) all I need to know. Uh, Please check out our website, slumberpodcastmassacre.com. Shoot us an email, slumberpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any critiques, questions, recommendations, we'd love to hear from you. Huge thanks to our patrons. You help make this show possible. We do it for you. Uh, please uh, throw us a review on whatever uh, 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 thing you get your podcast from. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, to Spotify Podcasts. Do they have a... They probably have a rating thing. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot us, you know, shoot us some five stars because we roll. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, join us next week. The Good Son. Uh, Tim, do you got anything else to say about the faculty? Uh, just that again, encouraging people, uh, creative folks out there. If you want to put together some sort of T-shirt or keychain or something that says "Blow Dick" on it and send it in, I promise that we will model it on our Instagram and tw- uh, wait, do they have pictures on Twitter? Oh, you can put a picture on Twitter. Oh, okay, sure. Well, there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll see you on Twitter, Tim. Bye. Bye. <laughs>